So back in this thing for another one. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. And as always, I go by the name of Domino. Appreciate everybody. Wait, what the fuck? Oh, I got to turn that sound off. Boom, there you go. You can't hear me. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. If you're tuning in on the uh, YouTube and on the Twitch right now, you get to see the podcast before it goes on the audio format. I don't know when this is coming out. So lucky you. Fuck with you for tuning in. So, you know, this is the uh, third and final uh, stream, I guess, of my uh, birthday week. You know, I, I couldn't do the whole gaming thing. So, you know, might as well get here and do some work, you know, podcast stream. And, you know, this whole week, you know, I had illustrious guests. And, you know, I had, uh, what, Santo one day. Shout out to DJ Santo. Had uh, Stephen B from A Pot Amongst Men. And uh, the guest that got in here today I actually found out through... The magnificent G of G Studio. So, you know, right. quarantine's going on, all this shit's going on. And one random day I just happened to tune into uh G's Facebook page and I see somebody performing. No clue who the fuck he is. I'm like, yo, G, who this? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of digging what he's doing. I was like, yo, I've never heard of this guy before. But, you know, two phone numbers later and a couple text message exchanges, you know, finally got him in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the man, the myth, the legend. We got Velez in the building. Word. Peace, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Glad you're here, man. How you doing, man? You, like you said, two, the question? Phone, uh, two phone numbers. <laughs> a, a lot happened between those two phone numbers since we first started talking in the summer. So, mm -hmm. But everything is everything. Everything you know? is everything. Man, you want to talk about it? Anything that you can share, or it's like no, there's some good things. You know, I just started working as job teaching at, mm. at my high school that I attended, and um, it's been keeping me um very creatively stimulated. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been feeling um like I just want to do music all the time, mm. uh, practice all the time, write all the time. You know, mm. I can't perform, so it's like yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get it out some other way. Yeah, are you a music teacher? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing cool. music classes there, so it's just real cool. And the kids, they're keeping me on my toes. Mm. Today, we was doing this lesson on, you know, identifying meters and stuff like that. Mm. And I had to think, like, oh, I re I'm really not sharp on this. And they, they, they're <laughs> okay. keeping me on my toes. You got you, got you. So, now, like I said before, I found out about you from G in an in-studio performance. So, um, I saw a lot of videos of you, and, and live performance seems to be your thing. So, how is COVID, like, affecting you mentally and your creativity? It's... It's been a lot. I'm not going to hold you, mm. especially because coming out of last year, me and my group, either with my group or solo, we were doing gigs every single week, mm. um, if not multiple times a week. So the sudden drop off did a number on my spirit. But mm. here at G Studios is actually where that kind of changed a little bit. We was able to do a live show here. Mm -hmm. We live streamed it to um, Facebook 
and uh, we had the band in here as well. And it was it was an awesome experience, mm. superb quality, and just I feel felt like even though what was through a screen, it was as close to connecting with audiences you know we could get so mm. it was still special yeah you only get the best fucking i don't know what camera i'm in but shout out to g studio right the best here we don't know all right yo g put me on the fucking camera i don't, I don't know what camera i'm in i need you to follow g studio on facebook it's g studio right it's g studio on facebook and then on yep. instagram john underscore g underscore studio i need you to follow g studio you only get the best you see all these fucking fancy lights and cameras and shit this shit ain't cheap my nigga g put all his work and time into this and I'm proud of this nigga, even though he did all of this without me. But I fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, let's see. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. Wherever the fuck you get your podcast, I am there. Three Ninjas. Well, this is not Three Ninjas. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. For any comments, questions, or concerns. If you want your question answered by me and the guests that I have on the show, you can reach us there. That's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Um... Let's see. Where do you want to start? I guess I'll start from the beginning. Well, that's where you from. Where am I from? Where you from? In this life, I was born in Norwalk, Connecticut. Right, right. That's where I I popped on. Popped on the scene. Popped on the scene in Norwalk. Norwalk, Connecticut, yes. Uh, And I was born and raised there. Born and raised in Norwalk. Okay, now how was growing up in Norwalk for you? I had an interesting upbringing. I, I feel like I had a good Norwalk experience. But the interesting part of it was, you know, growing up and I didn't get to see a lot of it growing up. Mm. My appreciation for Noah came later because growing up, you know, I was very uh, strict with the church. So it was like mm. everything that I was doing was revolved kind of around that. Got you. Um, I didn't spend too much time out, out and about in Norwalk mm. until I came back from college. I mean, that's good. Yeah. And it was nice to come back to my hometown. Mm. I have a greater appreciation for it now as an older man. Mm -hmm. I feel like Norwalk, you know, I guess with every city, you have that thing where it's just two sides of Norwalk. I've seen, you know, the Sono area where it's like, you go, you got the nice nightlife, you got the social experience or whatever. And then it's just that dark side of Norwalk where it's like (laughs) bloods and crips and all that type of shit. So I'm like, uh, you know, I I get to see, you know, I guess the quote unquote white areas and I get to see the quote unquote black areas in Norwalk. But and they're trying to gentrify the hell out of both of them. I mean, they, they, uh, they trying, crazy they right trying to do that to Bridgeport, too. Like, Bridgeport. You can see it. Yeah, man, they trying to build a whole casino out there. They trying to move people out. Like, they just knocked down uh, Marina to build, I guess, dorms for UB. I mean, they, really? trying, to, they trying to, you know, uplift the city. I mean, as of lately, there have been a lot of homicides where people ain't supposed to be fucking. I don't know how y'all come in homicides and niggas ain't supposed to be outside. But... <sighs> It's been a lot of shootings, a lot of killings there as of like been. the last three or four months where it's like they're they're for no reason. I want to say because like one guy, you know, he got unfortunately he uh, went to the barbershop, got killed. They said he wasn't even like the target in that shooting. And it's like I can see Senseless. why I'm trying to gentrify like Bridgeport. And then it's like two shootings happening, one, two, two murders happening one night and one night like two weeks ago. And it's like, what are we doing? Like this whole, I guess, every everybody being in the house and then I guess, you know, the numbers or the news reporting that the numbers have gone down and people feel like, oh, I can go outside again. And then, boom, we just right back to regular Bridgeport. Right. It's 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 nuts out here. But Norwalk seems a little a little bit safer. Than it's a little more chill than than that. But um, it's it's it saddens me that it would take a lot more to be able to settle roots in my hometown mm-hmm. because of just how expensive that it has become to live there. Yeah. Cost of living has shot up there. 
think that's Connecticut in general. Yeah. Like you, like you got to have a job, a side hustle. You got to scam on the side, you know, just to live here. <laughs> yeah, fact. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's not easy living in Connecticut, man. <laughs> Forget if you want to live by the water. Nigga, <laughs> what? Get <laughs> fuck out of here. That nigga definitely scamming. If, <laughs> right. if you live by the water, he definitely scam. <laughs> so now, um, growing up in a church, is that how your parents kept you out of like the madness of Norwalk? I would say so. Okay. And, and you know, I was always the kid that was always in the books. So I, I kind of, they, they kept me away from it too. Mm. But, uh, after, um, I moved out of town, that was when kind of my connection with the church broke and, and a lot of things started changing for me mm. in a, in a good way. Mm not feeling the pressure of just being around people you know in your whole life, you know? It was it mm. was not, I had to move out of town. That was one of the best things looking back that I could have done at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful for it. So I went to Rhode Island. I studied up there for a few years studying music. Okay. And then um uh after that, I spent about a year in Providence still after I graduated and then went to New York and studied for a little bit in New York studying jazz music out there and Okay. Um well traveled. Yeah. yeah. And and even through throughout that um getting just a, a taste of the professional music life or uh, especially the teaching music teacher life. I, mm. I taught a lot actually before I moved back. And then that's when I switched more to performing. But um, I've always, it's always been in some way uh, a part of the fabric of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm happy about that. That's dope. Now, did you play music in the church? No, actually. I I, I, I began singing there. Okay. But I was always so, you know, anxious, shy. Uh, I have a nice falsetto so I could fake a tenor, but really baritone. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool, cool. So now you're in the church, you're singing. Now, when does, I guess, Velez start to evolve into like a performer where it's like, you know, you're doing instruments and things like that? It, It took a long time, actually. And... It wasn't even until I went to New York for grad school. This is like five years ago. So I would be 23. Mm-hmm. Um, My nerves were just killing the hell out of me. Mm. The, the part of music I love was being the student, was being in, in the, the theory of it and analyzing pieces, writing pieces, composing um, and, you know, conducting, directing ensembles. You know, that was kind of where my passion was at. But um. I always loved to sing. Mm. I started going to these jam sessions in Providence and I met up with these cats and they, they knew all the jazz standards. Um, and you know, they would let us sit in. So mm. I would sit in and I uh, would sing a couple songs and they would encourage me. I would get a little bit of mentorship and just get to, you know, cut my teeth with some really strong jazz players. And I just like the music, you know, I'm right, just right. learning it in my lessons, just trying to hang. Mm. But that's kind of where it all started. I would go week after week after week, you know, until then, you know, I was, I fell in love with how you could do the same song. I was really doing the same five songs for like months. Mm-hmm. But after I did it all those months, those songs, I started to, I was putting my heart into it. Mm. You know, I really grew an attachment to it. And then that's when I realized the power of, of performing just for me. Mm. It was changing my life going out every week. If, if for some reason the bar had to close or maybe the session was off, one of the band members was sick and that would really impact my week, you know, started Mm. to realize what my life would be without it. So that's when I started to pursue it a little more heavily. Mm. Now being a church kid, was that type of music like shunned in the, in the household? 
like were you allowed to listen to like alternative mm. music R&B jazz all that type of stuff or was yeah. it just like I'm a soldier in the army of the lord every day <laughs> <laughs> I know those vibes but that wasn't <laughs> my friends got that vibe my household was was good we was I grew up on Motown Michael Jackson oh, Stevie you Wonder mm. yeah um the blues the blues my uncle was blasting the blues always in the house mm -hmm. um BB King and uh, Freddie King, mm. uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. So we, we we me and my brother we listened to everything growing up. The only thing we we couldn't really get a hold of until we was a little older was was maybe some of the rap hip hop going on. Maybe a little bit of R and B, but we listened to a lot of R and B too. Mm. Neo soul vibes, you know. Neo soul, okay. In the house, got you, got you. Now, are your parents in the music? Well, matter of fact, mom and dad in the house. Grew up with moms and pops, or yeah, okay. So are they both into music? Yeah, they both into music. My mom was was very tone deaf, <laughs> okay, but had the passion, the passion of the passion of Whitney, passion of Aretha. Oh, I but know those. No pitch. Yeah, I, I know those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all around God here. Bless her, yeah. Oh shoot. So, but that's that, that's how you know when music, what music can do for people, because you know it, it's, it's not going to please nobody but, mm. but them. You know. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I believe everybody can sing. And it doesn't matter how good your pitch is, you know? Mm -hmm. If you have a song in your heart, you got to let it out. So that's how my out. mom was. <laughs> my dad, he can actually carry a tune, though. Okay. But he's he's that type where he he's too jokey about it. If mm. he took it serious... He could he could do something. He could do something with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he loves his old soul music, Al Green, Isaac Hayes type, Curtis Mayfield vibes. Yeah. He to put me on to all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bringing me back, man. You got a, you got a real old soul when I when I listen to your music that's the type of vibe i get like i get like when you play the guitar i get like i don't want to you know put you out there with the, like like the grace and put that pressure on you but like i get like jimmy like you know i hear a little bit of stevie in your voice i see like a little bit of prince when i see you performing shit is are those some of your influences i love i love the music jimmy hendrix is the one that made me even want to pick up a guitar mm. it, how it went was I played viola actually first. I was into classical music. My dad also put me on a lot of classical music. Mm. And so I, I was playing viola for about 10 years. Did viola get you beat up in school? Nah. <laughs> like I had clout because I was the only one who did it. It was me and one other girl. Okay. Literally two. Like the viola ain't tough. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, it ain't the sax or the trumpet, nothing like that. It's like, this nigga played the viola. Don't sleep on the viola though. No, I'm not you, sleeping on it, but can, it's like, kids is kids though. Kids are stupid. Kid, kids are kids, but you, they, mm, you show them a picture of the electric one, mm. they look fire. They on it. Electric violas, that's where it's at. But yeah, so, but the thing is, I had these long monkey arms. Ooh. And so I, I grew out of the instruments you could buy at the music mm. store that we could afford right <laughs> right they told me the basically the only way i'm getting a viola to accommodate my arms is to have it custom made <laughs> god damn <laughs> and i called the luthiers i said i said okay let me, let me get a quote right <laughs> maybe we can do a finance <laughs> plan no let wait they talk a minimum of five thousand dollars i said forget it I said, Mom, let me just get a guitar like forgive yeah. viola <laughs> give me a drum set give me a fisher price drum set or some shit <laughs> i rock out with that for a couple of years it wasn't happening so now in uh so I'm I'm guessing like when did you pick up the viola like like what eight eight years old yeah so now when do you put down the viola and go to something like I guess it's more, like were you like pushed into the viola or was it like something that you like low key out? I was I wanted mm. to play the violin mm. but my teacher was like only one girl signed up so so maybe you would like to. Maybe, 
<laughs> Bitch, I want that one. <laughs> what the shit? She's like, she needs a stand partner. You guys are friends, right? And I'm like, you know what? Let me try it. Yeah. That was, you know, the love had to grow on me, but I ended up appreciating it. Lee, years later in music theory class in college, mm-hmm. basically we had to read uh, music written for viola. And there's, you know, unless you have the experience with it, it takes a little time to get used to. So, you know, it was just smooth for me, smooth mm-hmm. sailing. Okay. Well, it came in handy years later, but... Got you, got you. <laughs> now, um, in high school, were you in band? No, I was in orchestra, though. You orchestra. Okay, yeah. what's the what's the difference between orchestra and band? What's the, what do they do? Orchestra just has the strings. Okay. Cello, violin, bass, viola. Viola. <laughs> <laughs> gotta throw my viola in there. Back to that goddamn viola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the band got all the instruments, you know, the winds, mm. uh, flutes. You might have a drum set, guitar, mm-hmm. piano. So, so yeah, I wasn't invited to the pep rally? My school lost the pep rally because some seniors fucked it up for everybody one year. They went sick, des- oh, destroying yeah. property. Police was called. So it was like, damn. There was private pep rallies, but, you know, like I said, strict upbringing. Yeah, right, right. If it wasn't at the school, I wasn't going. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't see the real, the unofficial underground pep rally, but mm. the official one was canceled for me. Damn. Yeah. Didn't I don't the, know those vibes. Didn't even get the pep rally. God damn. Nope. So now after high school, go to college. Now you went to Brown. Yes, sir. Ivy League. How the hell did you get into Brown? <laughs> I was studying my ass off. <laughs> First of all, congrats. Thank you, sir. But Brown, like you you so you studying music theory in what? The we did theory, history, and composition. Composition, there we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now did you graduate from Brown? Yes. You graduate from Brown, and then you go to Manhattan School Man- of Music. Manhattan School of Music. You study what there? Jazz vocal performance. Jazz vocal performance. We had to do some history, some composition, but the main focus was the performance. Mm-hmm. That was that was formative for me. That that's what made me say, okay, you know what? Fuck just studying. Fuck analyzing a piece. Let's melt some hearts. Let's sing. Let's let's do this. That's mm-hmm. where I learned how to rehearse a band. That's where I learned how to arrange for a band. How to book a gig. I never even booked a gig before mm-hmm. going to grad school. Yeah, if a gig came to me, it was random or, you know, somebody put me on or I sat in. But actually, you know, being able to market myself, uh, um, go into a scene and, and meet new people and, and flourish in a new place. Mm. Um, I, I honed all those skills while I was there at grad school. That was, I miss it. You know, it was, it was a great experience being out in New York. Now, how old are you? If you 28. Don't mind. 28 really really old so so what would you define like your music as is it neo soul jazz rock and roll is it you know a little bit of funk like what is it would you say i usually i call it neo blues neo blues because i at the end of the day when i'm when i pick up the guitar when i or when i sing this i'm i fucking got the blues mm-hmm. let me tell you i got the blues so <laughs> <laughs> again i gotta get them out so at, at, even if it's some kind of song with some kind of modern feel the blues is always there present with me mm-hmm. and it, it's it bleeds out of me so uh that's how i conceive of it but we we do play when we play out we play rock and roll or we'll go to funk or it's all black music mm-hmm. it's just that's all it is black music right that's what, what we play what's your nationality Black. You're black. My dad's Puerto Rican, too, though. Dad's Puerto Rican, so you got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Got you. All right. Now, what emotion helps you write the best songs? Is it heartbreak? Is it just depression? Is it 
happy, gleeful? Is it anger? Like what? For me, it's a tie between heartbreak and lust. Lust. Lust mm-hmm. is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Lust is a big one. <laughs> Listen, Lust, man. I was I wasn't in Norwalk too tough, but when I was in Norwalk, I saw a couple joints, so I could I could see how you get a little bit of lust lust from uh Norwalk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, so some of your best songs have come from Heartbreak and Lust. So mm-hmm. what's your favorite song that you've written that has to do with Heartbreak? The same one has to do with Heartbreak. Um it's one called uh, Chains. Chains. And I wrote it when I came back from New York. The reason I left New York is is it was humbling. It was like I ran out of money, basically. Mm. You know, it's like I felt like the city beat me down. Cabins to the best of us. It does. Yeah. It does. And it was a learning experience. And But, you know, when it first happens, when you're deep in the moment of it, it took me off my feet, mm. knocked the wind out of me. So I was home, and that was the first thing that I wrote in that moment of just I'm frustrated with everything. Mm. And it, it was inspired by actual experience you know i felt mm. like they had chains around my neck you know i couldn't i couldn't break the spell this this woman had on me mm-hmm. so that York. plus the emotion yeah just pushed it right out of me just pulled out of you mm-hmm. now what about the lustful song my favorite lustful song that i've written um Who's that bitch? <laughs> yo, it's, it's, it's always one. Yeah, it's always one. We was like, damn, I want to, I want to hit her up. It's like she moved on. I'll call it my favorite, and it, maybe lust was the wrong word, but it's so sincere. It's one that I've just written actually, mm. and it's it's one. There's some songs where maybe like a certain line is inspired by somebody, or um. Maybe the chorus, maybe the hook, but like every now and then it'd be like, nah, there's a whole song. Every single yeah. part of it, <laughs> like, yeah. every little note you hear, this is about you. Mm-hmm. So I got one of those that I've written recently and it's like, it's, I love it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to be working on it here actually with, with John. Okay, dope, dope. So now what brought you to that space? Was it just like, you know, the relationship ended or it's just like something that you were looking at and couldn't like grab or like what? But like, what's your what's your writing process? Matter of fact, it's changed over the years. One of my favorite ways to do it is I'll actually just keep a journal of my daily life or every other day, however often I could feel the motivation. Mm. Then I go back to that and I pick out some lines, and then I'll use those lines to kind of jumpstart maybe a song or a hook or a verse. Mm. Another way I'll do it is like I'll write a poem about something or just write. Like kind of like free write, but in a poetic way. Mm. And then take the theme of that or certain lines from it. And in the same way, kind of build up a song from that. I've, I've taken poems to do songs. Mm. Um, um, but lately it's been coming from just putting on my metronome and just playing like one thing or like one little part of a hook mm. and just living in it mm. and letting it grow on me and letting, let, letting me, be able to play it until I could play it without thinking about it. Then build up a story around it in that way. So kind of just to get it into my fingers and into my body first before I try to take anything out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always loved writing. Writing has always been my thing. And I love writing stories, short stories, exam papers like mm. you know research papers it could be anything nigga you with the brown i love to write <laughs> you know we had writing requirements there so i did i, I, I was like that's a, I, that's a hard that's like top 15 school to get in, to get into in, in the nation 
So you did something. Obviously smart. (laughs) A lot of hours working. Now when did you when did you write your first song? Like at at what age? Eighteen. Eighteen, you wrote your first song. First song. And I was studying these um Brazilian jazz songs. Mm. Tom Jobim, the Bossa Nova stuff. And so I wanted to write kind of a song like that, and my ass was in love. First lover. Mm-hmm. Not even really. It, it, we we never even really connected as lovers in that way. But, you know, I was mm-hmm. infatuated. It was a puppy love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But We all been there. It, it was sincere, though. Yeah. That was my that was my boo. Like, yeah, when you couldn't tell teen- me nothing. When you in teenage love, you think you're going to marry this girl. You're going to be Yo, in love. And then when that everything- shit ended, it was like... I actually hate this bitch. <laughs> like this wasn't shit. Like, she wasn't really nice to me at yeah, all. She like, wasn't really, like she was. A, she was a real piece of shit. Hey, hey, I learned a lot because of you. Facts, but she did get a. She got a good ass song out of me. I played it all the way up through grad school. Even now, I still love to play that song. Mm. And I always think of her, but it's not always in the same way. It's not definitely not in the same way. <laughs> um, now, but, do these women know that that these songs are about them? I don't like to tell. You're like nah. no. Yeah. A couple do know, but mm-hmm. for the most part, no. I, I keep it under wraps to mm-hmm. myself because I like to just sincerely remember it. Mm-hmm. And yo, the crazy thing, actually, there's been times where I've written it maybe the, originally with the intention, okay, it's for you. I'm inspired by you. Mm-hmm. But then the intention has morphed. So, for example, I have this one song, Faith Healer, originally was inspired by someone I was seeing at the time. Like mm-hmm. I felt like they was the one that made me could make me believe in God again. Like that's how special they were to me. Mm. But when I sing it, it doesn't have that same feeling connected to them. I actually connect them more to my son now. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy how even the the lyrics, even though the lyrics are unchanged, they they've taken on a new life, new meaning for me because I'm in a new a new place. Right. So that was kind of it's interesting. Right. Right. <laughs> Completely out the picture now. Always, man. Yeah. That's good. You know. You morph, you morph it into something now about your son. Absolutely. How old is your son? Uh, he's turning two this year. Turning two this year. Yeah. How's it feel being a pappy? Ooh, it's crazy. How's that? Every day is different. <laughs> Every day is crazy. I love it, though. I love, I'm a jazz musician. I like to improvise. Mm. He keeps me on my toes. Mm. I hear that, man. Talking more, vocabulary growing all the time. Yeah. Wait till they get three and they start being able to walk and mess up shit, you know? Now, have you seen them take an interest in, like, you know, your your guitars and stuff like that? Have you seen them, like, I guess... Obsessed. 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 He has his own little guitar and he'll pick it up. He'll be singing at the little mic. Mm -hmm. Hitting dance. He, like... Dropping his knees, facial expressions. <laughs> I'm like, where'd you get all that from? Feels good though, right? Like, right. Like a little bit to be like, yo, my boy into what I'm into. So it's yeah. like, I got one. It make me feel good. <laughs> me, I don't got one. <laughs> like I got two girls. Don't give a fuck about what I'm into. Like basketball, yeah. nah. Football, yeah. Maybe like some anime, like some cartoons or something like that. But other than that, nah, don't give a fuck about what daddy give a fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> At all. <laughs> yeah, it might change in the future. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping like the one that's obviously tall for her age, mm. I kind of want her to play basketball. So it was like, if she would do that, that'd make me proud. But, but whatever sport she want to play, I'm cool with. But it's like, I want you to play basketball. Like, I want to be at the game. Like, yeah, fuck that bitch. Cross us. Mm-hmm. Lay up in the face. Like, cross, do something. Right. But, you know, whatever sport she's like, she likes soccer. She likes volleyball. Um, She's kind of into basketball. Like, like she asked questions when, like, Kobe passed and stuff like that. And she watched, like, a few games with me. But it's nothing, like, deep, deep. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Now, um, when you were saying that, you said believe, that you believe in God again. 
So did you like lose your faith or like, are you not in the church as you were when you was a child or like, what's up? Yeah. Well, at that time, when I moved out of town and being away from that community for the first time for like that kind of significant of a time chunk, mm-hmm. um, and with other things that was going on personally in my life, um, yeah, it was making me doubt, doubt my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, at that time I was learning a lot about, uh, different traditions and, um, just doing a lot of praying, you know, just not really saying, okay, I'm going to go to church like it was before, but just saying like, okay, let me just actually work on a, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up actually converting to Islam while I was in college. Okay. So I've been, I've been studying in that tradition for maybe four or five years now, five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, beer gave it away. Right. <laughs> the beard, you're right. My shake beard. <laughs> but um I love it. And um it's it's taught me a lot and, and helped me um hone discipline in a different way. Mm. And um actually the craziest byproduct of that was actually I gained a deeper appreciation for Jesus and for Christians mm. becoming a Muslim than I'm I ever Muslim. did as a Christian. Mm. I had a lot of resentment when I first left the church. Mm. You know, I, I was blaming uh, humans. Uh, I was blaming God for things that was really a human thing. Mm-hmm. And just a, a factor of just how, how we are as people. So um, when I let that stuff go and, and started to look at it in a different light, I started to have an appreciation um, for, for, for different beliefs mm. from the way I see things. Mm. Um and a definitely appreciation for Jesus. He's definitely hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. Like, don't want to call him my nigga, but that's that dude. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Walking around, flipping tables, exercising demons, like all on foot. Sometimes you gotta show me who the fuck you are. Like, yo, I yeah. do this. <laughs> now, <coughs> I take it that your parents are Christians. So how do they feel? About, I mean, obviously you're a grown man. You got your own family. You know, you got a child or whatever. But like, how do they feel about you switching faiths? At first, they was confused, mm. but they they asked questions. Mm. Um, you know, I never <laughs> the only the only thing that happened, yo. I got this one uncle. And <laughs> <laughs> it came to you like smack you with the Bible, bless yo. <laughs> One of those man studied out in Oklahoma in the heart of the Bible Belt, like yeah. one of those, and one he just them. didn't get it, and he just whoa. It's to the point where my brother, uh, he like got my back to the point where he, he he doesn't fuck with him no more. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he, it was crazy things mm-hmm. he was saying. I was like, dang, but it's not really even really like that. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. If we could just have a conversation, I could explain it to you, but yeah, forget it. Some people are so stuck in their mind. I feel like that's all religion. Like, yo, if we have a conversation, we can actually, like, come to a common ground. It's like, hey, you believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. But we can meet in this common ground where it's like, hey, we can still coexist. We still family at the end of the day. We yeah. just got different religious beliefs. Right. But uh, that's a that's like, you know, politics and religion. That's just like the two touchy things where people just be like, eh, if you with me or you not. Right type of thing, but yeah, especially nowadays, that's how people are feeling. I mean, I get it, but it, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, so your brother don't fuck with him. Do you fuck with him still? Or it's no. like just, no, it's like fuck him. But he, but nah, I fuck him. To me, to me, it's just a gentle distance. He <laughs> oh, really yeah, yeah. like you know don't acknowledge. He wouldn't acknowledge him, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it was it's an unnecessary reaction. What I what I think got nothing to do with you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But right. for the most part, no, they was just curious. You know, I think uh, sometimes during Ramadan, like when I'm up in the middle of the night cooking, you know, they might get mm. a little frustrated. It'd be night after night. I'm in there cooking, chefing it up, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., <laughs> yeah. they're trying to sleep and shit. Uh-huh. The house smells of garlic and onions <laughs> right. in the middle of the night. But I'm like, that's kind of pleasant, though. Yeah, yeah. Get used to it. You know, if they want to join me for a meal in the middle of the night, they could, but they always stay asleep. Now, how long have you been studying Islam? Uh, five years. Five years. Was it was it hard at first to like let certain things go? Yeah, no, it was. It I was. mean, you know, it, it always is. As I'm saying this, I'm as I'm sipping my little whiskey. I mean, you know what I, I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying, like you know, you growing up in a black and Puerto Rican household, there's certain foods that we're accustomed to, it's certain, certain rituals that we're accustomed to. So yeah. it's like, ah, shit, I gotta give up all this shit. I love this shit, but I grew up on it. But it's like, I got a new face, so I gotta abstain from that. How I at first I was really trying to um go by the letter, so to speak, and I had a really great mentor and teacher in Providence. <clears throat> who worked for the college as the chaplain there. And um, I would go to the dawn prayer. And after he would just sit with me for maybe like 15 minutes, mm. and every day we would just look at a little bit, study a little bit, talk about a little bit and little by little by little doing it every day. Um, I started to to get a, a stronger picture um, and it would, it would bolster my faith. You know, once, once something becomes a habit, it's real easy to, it's nothing to do it, you mm. know? So I was, I just kept getting the benefits from that, from just, Getting up early, taking care of my body, um, from getting good rest at night, mm. um, reading and studying. I started learning a new language, you know. Every day after dawn prayer, he would we would learn a little Arabic. Mm. And I would learn how to read and um how to recite the Quran in Arabic. And so that was it's it's just good. It was a good way to live. I found myself I'm not even going to bed after <laughs> prayer. I would just go and, and study more, you know. Mm. I just it was very stimulated. Mm. And so I, that's what drew me to Islam was because it was stimulating me intellectually. Mm-hmm. And also because the discipline that you that you would need to, you know, keep your prayers and the discipline you need to fast for 30 days, the discipline that you would need to, you know, control your tongue, the, the, all the things that, that any um, religious tradition would ask of you. Mm. Um, it's kind of similar to uh, the musician discipline that you need. Because there's going to be days you don't want to pray. There's going to be days you don't want to practice. But if you want greatness, what do you have to do? You have mm. to just do it. You have to do something. You can't do nothing. You know? Right. Do something. Don't do nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Just, not, not nothing. Never that. Mm-hmm. So it showed me that. So, so okay, so, okay, so you can't get up for dawn prayer. But did you do any of them? Mm. That's the kind of the, the, the place I found myself in as I, as I got deeper in it. And so that's what I was getting at when I said it helped me with my discipline because it just reminds you of, of what you actually are capable of, what you can't do and what you just choose not to do. Mm-hmm. That was an important lesson I learned through through my studies with Islam, actually, you know, through the years. Okay. Now, has that influenced your music any? Musically? Well, musically, I feel like I've gotten more heathen. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like on the Day of Judgment, God <clears throat> going to just break, show me the record and just be like... As we go For through real? life, brother, you know, them them lustful things. I don't know if you're in a relationship or not, but them lustful thoughts and them lustful things, they get more and more. You like the human cheat code. This nigga light skin. He got long hair. He play guitar. He sang. This thing's a human cheat code. I mean, I don't. Are you in a relationship before I ask this question? 
I sent her the link. She's probably watching, so <laughs> I'm going to give myself away. I got you. Well, basically, um, I'm, I'm interested, yes. Okay, you're interested. Cool. Okay, so 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 this is before you, baby. Now, how the groupies? <laughs> are there any are there, are there any groupies? <laughs> like, you know, like like past life, before your son, you know, back in the day. Back, back, back. Oh, no, they don't go that far back. <laughs> they don't go back? Okay. No, they don't, they don't rock with me. Okay, so but I'm just saying, like, From you know. From this era? Uh, yeah, like, maybe, like, the past. You know what's crazy? I... I I need them because to me I'm I'm seeing it as um you're I'm trying to be like the Beatles in 1968. Mm. People crowding the airport, risking mm. trespassing charges. Life and limb you, you and know, just, you know, freedom. Remember when people uh when girls was cutting themselves because Justin Bieber wouldn't stop smoking weed? I don't remember that. That's how I'm trying to have them on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Taking taking a razor blade to themselves. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you, yo. That's the power of music. If I get a podcast to do that shit, so be it. But, you know, (laughs) right now, I ain't there. But, you know. I'm not there either, but that's that's what I'm trying to tap into, you know. So, Mm. so when it comes to that, when when I do recognize one. I'm thinking, it's, I'm thinking about it so non-emotionally, not caught up like, oh, look at this, this fire. I'm thinking, yeah, what made you tap in? Mm-hmm. How do I keep you here? Right. How do I turn it into dollars? Right. And also, how do I get uh, more of you without you feeling like it's something that's not right? Okay. Yeah. How do you How do you make them snap? I don't know. It don't. I mean, with women, it don't work like that. <laughs> it, I, it could be people. I don't care if it's a man or a woman yeah. because I'm trying to turn it into a dollar. Yeah, got you. How do I make you mm, tap in though? Like, mm-hmm. what made the what re- you watching them on the screen? I've watched those old videos of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. Mm-hmm. It's not really that it's not all that special. F- Yo, we gotta talk about it. So, what <laughs> made these these women Yo. snap? Like with Mike, I get it. Prince, I get it. Okay, right. Beatles, I'm like, it's just four white dudes. Just you know, but they were going crazy. I'm like. I don't see the Lord. <laughs> like I'm, maybe, somebody did crowds. I'm, I mean, I, I it was at that point where I didn't know whether people were in love with the fame of the person or like the talent of the person. Mm. Like I, 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 I never get the woman's mindset when it comes to being like a stand for like an artist. It's like, do you enjoy the what it could be? Where it's like, if I get next to him, I could do this because he's famous and has money, or are you? Are you drawn in by the talent and the penmanship and like just you, you know mm. you just being talented? I don't know. I've never I, I've never been there personally, so I you know I've never felt the the first one you said mm. where it's about the person. I've never it's like oh my god, he's famous. He could do so much for my life. I'm poor, so he can give me wealth. <laughs> so, so it's like, but oh, I'm, he's so talented. He has a way with words. Oh my god, this beat. Oh my god, his lyrics. Oh my god. But I always be curious what draws some people to certain. Uh, artists or what what makes the the passion so strong for one versus another i do be curious about that um i would say it's um well with me personally when i gravitate towards the artist it's either something i wasn't expecting and they blew me away or they struck a a a nerve where it was like in that time and place they said something that resonated with me that's just like oh i'm not the only one going through this Mm. So it's like, you know, as a eight-year-old, you know, and your son is walking around the house talking about Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. So it was like, that struck a cold with me. It was like, yo, I ain't never heard no shit like this because before that, uh, 
my grandfather would play like you know his old shit like the four tops the temptations yeah. you know whatever the case may be then I got my mother. I'm living with her, and now she's playing, you know, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Luther Vandross. And then I got my heathen ass cousin that come over on the weekend. <laughs> He's showing me all this Tupac, this Biggie, and then this Wu Tang shit. And this Wu Tang shit is like, I gravitated towards that. I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it nice. just it threw me for a loop. Where I'm like, yo, Wu Tang playing on the fuck with. <laughs> and then it's like, it just it just sat with me. It was like, yo, I it's it's, it's something about this that grabbed a hold of me. And I'm glad it just that that stuck with me. But other than that, it's just like music is music. Unless it strikes a chord where it's like, yo, this nigga really got something to say. I think it's also where it's like when you hear so much bullshit and then you find that diamond in the rough, that kind of, you know, draws you to an artist too sometimes. But for mm. me personally, where it was like, you know, first time I heard Kendrick, well, it was like I was hearing like a lot of bullshit. And then when I heard Kendrick, I was like, hmm, this nigga's different. And then his first album comes out. Section 80. I'm like, hmm, okay. This nigga's, you know, got a style and flow of his own. Then when I hear a good kid, Matt Stig, I was like, oh, this nigga's different. Right. So I'm like, I fuck with him. That nigga, that nigga did something to me where it was like, I wasn't expecting it. And it did something. And it flipped my perception on his head. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I remember the year that album came out. Yeah, it was. It was it's Heavy a in rotation. Pivotal year where it was like, is. It's a classic where you could play it from top to bottom. Like, we don't get many classics in our era. No, we don't. So it's like when you get that one that you can play from top to bottom, no skips. You know what I mean? You you can skip the, uh, what's the, the, I guess the freestyle one. You can skip that one. That's like one skip. Um, All I want. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> you can skip that. But it's like when you got like one to no skips, where it's like Jay-Z Blueprint, when you got you like an Illmatic, mm, when you got you ready yeah. to die, when you got like a doggy style, when you got, you know, them type of albums. I haven't heard anything like that in a while. When well, you got like a Get Rich or Die Trying, like, mm-hmm. you know, but I haven't heard anything like that. But then when you got your old school shit, you got songs in the key of life. You got, you know, you know, you got shit like that. Where it's like, ain't that skip on there, but it's like. I seen that man play that album beginning to end live. Really? He did a tour where all he was playing was that album beginning to end. Fucking jealous. Yo. Damn. Wow. Where was this? I saw him at um, where the Celtics play in Boston. Okay. TD Gardens. TD Garden, yeah. Whew, that was crazy. He had mm-hmm. a freaking mini or- chamber orchestra, two drummers, mass sing. He did a sing-off with his background singers. Mm. And they was like, yeah. they was neck and neck. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, all y'all can sing. That's Stevie, though. <laughs> Whew, I don't know. Crazy. He had his daughter up there. She came on and sang with him arm in arm. It was mad emotional. Everybody's crying and shit. Yeah. It was too much. <laughs> Stevie Wonder is my favorite artist of all time. You know, mm. you got... You know, your princes, your mics, you know, Wu-Tang, like I said, you got, you know, Legend, everybody. Yeah. But it's like Stevie struck a chord with me early where it was like four or five years old. Where it was like my mother played that shit and Sharia Moore just, just stuck with me. I was like, all right, what is this? I need more. Then mm. I, I still her al- albums and I'm listening to this shit on repeat. And then she's trying to find her album. Then I got to act like I don't have it. Right. So, you know. He's my number one too. I, if I could, if I could play with anybody, share a stage with anybody, it would be him, Stevie. I mean, you got you got time, man. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping you. He's that you, young and he's pure. He'll be around. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping you get to that point where it was like, hey, I interviewed that guy that's playing on, you know, that's playing with Stevie right now. <laughs> now, what's your most personal song to date that you've mm-hmm. written? Whether it be like you know personal experiences, family, you know, women your son you know what's what what means the most to you when you 
was writing and you was like, damn, it had a tear in your eye, maybe. Mm, it's definitely ones that I've written about my mom. There's there's one that it's related to her, but it's more about how I, it's about me in the aftermath of it. Mm. And, and the ironic thing is that we put kind of like a positive vibe on, but like a positive funky vibe onto it. Mm. Like smiling through your trauma kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it doesn't always feel, I don't, I'm not always reminded of it because the music is so different from the, the theme of it. But then mm. I have this other song that is directly about her. Um, and I did it here in my virtual concert mm. at G Studios. The best studio in Connecticut. Amen. Mm. With my flautist friend, uh, Justine Stevens. Mm. And she joined me on flute and we performed this song uh, called Moon or The Moon. And um, yeah, that's the one that's most personal to me. And that was really the only time that I've played it publicly mm. the rest has just been for me you know i played it for a couple friends mm. um for a student one time but yeah okay now you got this guitar with you right here right My i'm maybe i'm kind of i'm kind of mad you didn't bring the blue joint oh the I'm, electric i'm mad you didn't bring the blue joint <laughs> he got some electrics on the water we could we could play now i'm talking in. about i'm talking about your joint though. i know right? my baby your baby though. cookie i know now does this guitar have a name honey honey yeah what about the blue joint Cookie. cookie cookie monster it's the same color cookie my got you a cookie for sure i'd have been disappointed if your guitar didn't have a name i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> it was like eric clapton got blackie mm -hmm. you know prince got the cloud uh what's uh what you gonna call it lucille with bb lucille with bb king um jerry garcia got tiger mm -hmm. it was like I'd, I'd have been disappointed if you didn't have a name i think for eddie you. van halen rest in peace frankenstein Franken something for his listen the way he the way he redefined the motherfucking guitar that that have been a perfect name for that shit right even if it is now um when you perform a lot of times you have like a two-piece band where it's just like you and two other dudes yeah now, now where'd you find them guys who, who are those guys i met randy through a random gig he wasn't even playing drums he was playing keys and i was playing guitar for another singer who was there and it was one of those events where they put all the performers at one table mm -hmm. so we got to talking exchange mm -hmm. numbers and you know slowly but surely we we started playing out doing getting closer um you know might as well have found him on crazy repertoire who, who knew who knows where i would have found him otherwise <laughs> um so it was one of those random encounters and then the other the other cat jeffrey um i met him uh at a jam session Mm -hmm. and we just started playing out doing doing shows and we built up a body of material the, the three of us um songs that i had written and we you know arranged rehearsed them together and mm -hmm. it was cool we had we had you know at, at the peak we did a show at stella blues in february mm -hmm. um before the pandemic really hit and we had damn near a two-hour set of original music original music you know just just rocking out Mm. Um, and we actually did get video footage of it so i'm looking forward to chopping that up and, and, and releasing this in some way at some point um but uh it's been great they 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 honor the music and we have a good vibe together they believe in you that's important that's the yes and i believe in them you know mm. i have um a, a friend of mine who uh i play guitar for her and she sings in my group but I'm looking to add another singer to it. You know, mm -hmm. I want to have the full thing. I want to have horns, uh, well, before horns, um, a good keys player, another guitar player to cover my parts when I just want to sing, you know, and a couple of background singers mm -hmm. who could really, because all the songs, I arrange everything 
I always used to say when I first started writing, I say I have three versions. I have my acoustic guitar version. Mm. I have my um uh acoustic piano version, and then I have a full band version of, mm. of every song. Like I have a way that I would do it on every every version. Mm. <clears throat> so the um the full band songs always I have harmonies in my mind, horn lines and stuff. Mm. I don't have recordings of them, so you you wouldn't know it when you, we play it at the gig because I don't have the the band fully together just yet in this moment. Right. But I'm hoping, you know, with this new job, you know, that'll, that'll allow me to save up some capital so that I could really invest in getting my band right, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, when I when I look to my heroes, when I look to James Brown, when I look to Prince, uh, Michael Jackson, how they rehearsed their bands and, mm. and built their bands up, like, they worked them to the bone, mm-hmm. you know, but they also had them on a payroll. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, if you want to direct in a, in a boss like way, you have to come with, with, you know, the full duties of a boss. Right. So I want to do that for them. And I, and I I believe in them to where they should be compensated even for their rehearsal time. So Mm. however I can make it happen, I I would like to for them Mm. for, and for me, you know, cause I want to work us to the bone. Right. I got a, a itching to get out. You're itching to get I out. I got choreography in my head, you know? <laughs> now, does your nine to five actually take away from your creativity or take away from, I guess, what you really want to do in this industry? It's that lately, this one specifically, before I used to um, moonlight as a baker, baking bread. <laughs> okay. That was killing my soul. Right. Just ex- physically wise. But this job at the school, like, I'm literally doing music all day. All day, yeah. And the, the way the COVID rules work in the school, we have long breaks between class. So mm. every class break that I have, I'm practicing piano. After school, I'm practicing drums. You know, when I get home, I'm, I'm trying to practice my mixing, audio engineering shit, or mm. I'm uh, practicing guitar a little bit. I haven't even been practicing guitar that much. My brain has been filled with other, stuff. other musicianship aspects. Um, and it's been good for me. It's like keeping me very stimulated. Mm-hmm. Are like, you drums is crazy? Like it's like almost like sex. Like yeah. <laughs> it's... after a nice session, I'm playing along with some live music. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel good. Put a fifty on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you are you self taught in a lot of instruments you play? For a couple, but a couple. For, for guitar and voice, I had a lot of training. Okay, a, a few years worth for like maybe seven years guitar lessons and. I studied voice for maybe five, six years. Mm-hmm. But um, for bass, I just kind of been self-taught. Drums, I've been teaching myself. Mm. Um, piano, I learned in school, but it was more like they told us to go home and practice this. I never had a teacher for piano. Mm. But I've been working my scales. I've been shedding and trying to just get my skills up. <clears throat> okay. Now, you mentioned the uh, three versions of uh, songs that you have. Now, maybe I'm bugging. But I didn't find any audio version of any song that you have where it's like I find it on Apple Music or like Spotify or something like that. Am I am am I bugging or am I just not typing like the right Velez? Like is it an S on the end? Like is it a Z on the end? Like what the fuck am I like? Am, I, am I missing something? <laughs> See, I'm working on my first recordings now. Okay. So you wouldn't find that on those platforms. I do have live videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had videos on my Instagram, but I had one of those like 2008 Britney Spears moments where I like, <laughs> I took everything off Every, my social media. I think I got one post on his Instagram right yeah, now. <laughs> I took them all off. I'm like, like, yo, how the fuck am I supposed to research somebody with one post? What <laughs> 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 the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I'm telling you, I lost my head. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I'm I'm tired of just half-assing it. So I said, you know what? I'm a, I'm a hustle. I'm a 
stack up content mm. and then the next time i make a damn post is gonna be because i got some shit to share with you mm. so that's that's been my mission so i'm trying to get the record together i'm trying to get the visuals together and but the, and being having this music creativity with the job has been helping me to stay focused on that you know mm. um i hate the social media game so i'm just trying to play it smarter because i gotta, don't like playing it but you got to play the game though right like that's that's I'm that's trying to just do it smart that's, that's all one thing i wanted to ask you about because the social media game is a game that you got to play especially if you want to be a musician if you want to put yourself out there like i said the way i like your music this g shouldn't have been the first time i heard of you so you got to play the social media game where it's like, you got to be out there. You got to be on all these platforms. You got to, you know, just put yourself out there. You got to, I don't know how you are collaborating with, with, other, with other artists. You got to play the game, bro. <laughs> like you got to do that. Even though you I'll might hate it you, it, you might be a natural introvert. Where it's like, nah, just me, my people, we create music. We do that. But it's like, you got to branch out. You got to play that game. We got to. And the pandemic has been making it hard. We was doing that when we was playing it too and, and getting good work. Mm. and people was hearing us and they would they would travel to see us you know mm. my most favorite time was <laughs> she came all the way from montreal uh, man my... <laughs> human cheat code <laughs> you seen this nigga yo? this nigga got the bed he got the oils this nigga's here <laughs> i'm telling you that that melted my heart when i seen i said i cannot believe you're standing in front of me right now right. All the, across the border for this for, for me Shit. I ain't that good. Right. I said, this is the practice gig. You should came to the next one. <laughs> now, um, you've done how many tours? Maybe like one or two? A couple. Well, okay, in college I did one as part of another group, but mm. for me under my brand, I've done one made one major one. I went to twelve cities. Okay. Twelve stops. Okay, so so how was tour life for you? I enjoyed it. I think what I learned from it was that more preparation equals more profit. Mm -hmm. You could put one together mad quick. Doesn't mean it's going to be the most profitable one. Right. So that was what I learned. Um, give yourself more prep time, book gigs way out in advance mm -hmm. um, and connect them gradually. But what I also learned is that you also don't need a lot of time because no, I, I started working my network and then mm. out of nowhere, suddenly I had it lined up. At least we had like a four, a four city stretch. And then that's when I was like, Oh wait, okay why stop yeah shit we got we got four down in, in a month span mm -hmm. and we still got four months out before the first one starts mm -hmm. okay let's see what else we could do so i was i was really trying to expand the reach see how far we could go out i went up to to brown to play at brown mm -hmm. we played in new york at sugar bar doing a prince tribute that was dope we played um a couple hits in norwalk in my hometown one for my birthday and then one Later in the spring for uh, Single de Mayo. Mm -hmm. Played in New Haven. I played at Toad's Place. That Toad's was dope. Right of passage. Yeah. <laughs> that was I just being on the stage, that was crazy. I was like, damn. Like I, mad people have been on this stage. Yeah. Mm. Um, where else did we go? We played oh Springfield. We went up to Mass for okay. a couple nights. Um it got me inspired, you know, and I want to do it again for this year. Mm. Of course. Of course, COVID. You know, through the monkey wrench, but I still have the lessons. I still have my my big ass spreadsheet. It's like fourteen pages long. I got like festivals organized by state, by country. Mm. By the last time I wrote, reached out to them. Like I'm like, mm. I get so many no emails back. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you just missed us. Try again for 2021. Mm. I'm like, damn, like no motherfucker. I want, I want now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fuck, I want to wait till next year for. It's crazy. But that the other thing I learned too. 
a lot of people they're booking this shit out way out in advance. Yeah, when you get so these you gotta festivals, be on it. Yeah, the, yeah, these festivals they book like they a want year, it locked two in. Advance. Yeah, locked in. Now, what has twenty twenty taught you as a whole? Even not not even like musically, just as a man, as a person. Patience. Mm. Patience. I was not patient at the beginning. And uh, you know, there was it was, you know, not easy mentally. Um, but accepting that if your needs are met, if your most basic needs are met, mm. you you're living. Mm. Invest that energy, invest that worrying energy into something else transmute it into something else mm-hmm. get something out of that stress that you feel okay it's real it's valid okay accept it but don't let it sit there push it out into something else because this energy is not going to go nowhere you can't just erase it mm. it has to get out of you so when i learned that or when i accepted that realized that things started getting a little bit easier you know day by day um it's just that patience you know mm. then that's where i said okay if i have to be patient let me be productive now. That was the next step. So then uh, that's when I started, you know, just picking up the instruments more, practicing, getting back to my roots, basics, fundamentals and scales and me- working with a metronome, just trying to be the best that I can be mm-hmm. because I'm not before I was practicing because I had a gig. I'm learning this song because I'm being paid to. Mm-hmm. I have no incentive now other than my own drive mm-hmm. to do these things. So the pandemic has kind of revived that part of my spirit of just doing this because I need to do it for me, mm-hmm. not because a bill relies on me right. locking down this gig. Right. So I'm glad about that. It's nice to just get back to what, why I really do it in the first place. Gotcha. I think that I I think this pandemic set a lot of people down. Where it was like it taught them to reevaluate what's important and what's needed. And I guess a lot of people's mental health was like, challenged at this point and i think it's something that we all needed but we didn't know that we needed and right i'm kind of i want to say i'm glad for it because a lot of people did pass from that shit but it's kind of like if you made it this far it taught you something that was valuable that you can take on for the rest of your life so you know this 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 pandemic it's a it's a you know uh it's when you when you look back on it, it's gonna be a blip on a radar. It's it's gonna be able to teach you a life lesson that you take on with you forever. We use like twenty twenty. That was a fucked up. Like we don't even mention twenty twenty. Like after twenty twenty one, it's like twenty nineteen. <laughs> that shit we don't talk about twenty twenty one. Like I, you know, that shit didn't happen. We don't talk about that funky bitch. All right, so you hell know, no. So we gonna you know just act like that shit didn't happen. <laughs> now. You being on tour or, you know, just the places that you've been in general, what's your, where, where's your favorite place to perform? Hmm. My favorite place to perform. Can't be Toad's Place. Oh, you want a venue? Uh, my, not, my favorite not, place. Not, to, not even like city, venue, My whatever. favorite place to go is, is New York City. New Nothing York, gives me that energy, that vibe. It, it feels amazing. Something about New York. I haven't been able to take my boys there yet. Mm-hmm. And do a, a just rock out, yeah. burn the city down. Yeah. We haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I've I've been there playing in other people's bands or sitting in with bands, and um, my favorite place. It's there's, no, there's nothing like performing there. It's nothing like New York. Um, I have received the warmest welcome here in Connecticut, in my hometown, mm. and so there's been there's nights that I remember where those have filled me up, like my memories of of performing. It goes back to those nights in, in, in bars in Norwalk where it's 
pack wall to the wall girls mm. is dancing with us and we yeah, just right, right. <laughs> we're having a good time good man time. like yo this is why i do it well this is not why i do it but it's like this is the the spoils of it <laughs> the spoils i like that yeah mm. absolutely mm-hmm. and just feeling alive and 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 also sounding good like by that point we have been working so much it's like we don't have to think so much we can just vibe with each other and mm. that's a nice place to be with a group of people musically mm-hmm. now what's your favorite song to perform Ooh. either it, it does something to you when you perform or like it does something to the crowd where it was like damn like that one mm. maybe the, the song that i had referenced earlier faith healer okay that one um we do a different every single time but there's been some nights where it's been very profound for me you know uh, where i need a i need a second after process what have we done just now (laughs) Mm. and um there's uh some songs where oh i have this one song um uh yeah maybe i'll definitely play tonight i wasn't intending to i've forgotten about it but there's this one song that i i wrote in the aftermath of the tamir rice shooting when when we play that song that shit i was gonna ask i'm glad you brought that shit up it's uh what it say Yes. That song. Now, I feel like that song can be played in any era because we go through this shit yearly where it's like, whatever you say, and everything you say in that song can be, you know, it can, you wrote that maybe like 2018, 2017, something like that. Yeah, maybe even 16 because I wasn't in New York when I wrote it. Every fucking year, you can play that song and it still resonates to today you could you could change the names and it just just switch them out you just switch fresh them out. ones every year it's i mean it is what it is at this point where it's like we we got to do something i don't know what to do i don't have the answer but it's just like we can't keep going down the same road every day where it's like you know another one it's another name we got to add to the list mm-hmm. and then i feel like 2020 is was a eye opener in a, in another way because we was forced to watch the George Floyd video. It was yeah. like everybody, so it was the pandemic. Everybody got to sit their ass down. If you don't have an essential job, everybody else sit your ass down. But then this happens out the blue. And then the song that you have can just be, it can, you can, you know, insert name here. And that, and that's the sad shit about it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, do you, I guess, I don't I don't know. Do you want to have that? I mean, you, you kind of have to have that conversation with your son. But like, are you like, like, how long do you plan to put that off? I'm what I'm what I'm always thinking about is like. Not being too much like there's so much I see so much innocence in life and, mm. and grace in him. And I'm just like. Holding off on showing you what this world is about. But at the same time, the world ain't gonna wait either. It, it, it ain't gonna it, wait. Snitch. So oh, you gonna say what I was gonna say? So you gotta be, you gotta be prepared, but without killing the spirit. Without, yeah. it's like because I got two girls, right? One's about to turn ten. One just turned five, and like my daughters still believe in the tooth fairy, Santa Claus, all that good shit, and I don't want them to lose that child like innocence yet. But at the same time. Like you said, the world ain't going to wait for the, for you, for them to, you know, grow the fuck up. It was like, yo, it's real shit out there. It's either, you know, if it's not authority figures, it's, you know, certain people that's going to come into your life and they're going to shake shit up. 
mm. you know, is she's my ten year old, she get to that age where it was like, you know, sex is coming into play and like, you know, kids see this and that on TikTok and all these other shits where it was like, you gotta explain that shit to your kids. So it's like you gotta I would say do it sooner than later, but it was like being a parent is one of the hardest things ever because you don't know when to just give your kid that knowledge. You just gotta walk on eggshells. But it's like I gotta keep it real with you, but I gotta protect you at the same time. But you ain't always gonna be there. It's 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 a it's a tough road to go down. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy, man. But and, and you having a son and me having two girls, like you can't even relegate it to just you know it being men no more because it's women that's getting killed now by the cops. Right. So now you got to worry about that. So it's now it's like it, it, it used to be a black man problem. Now it's a black person problem. Right. So it's like we can't even we can't even feel safe sending our daughters out there. So now we got to worry about them being women out in the world. Now we got to worry about them being black women out in the world. I so, can't even remember the last time before uh, Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor where you heard of a black woman being killed by the police like it, that. Just like. I mean, it was it was one, but it kind of fell by the wayside. Where it was like was uh, it that young girl in New York when nah, came into the apartment. It was a Tatiana's. I, I, I'm mad that I'm forgetting this queen's name. Um, let me find out her name real quick. Uh, Tatiana. But like you said, they did they fall by the wayside. Yeah, it's just in the new cycle. It's sad. Yeah, man. It's I can't even find her name right now. But she she's another one that just like got killed last year because like i guess like the cops was called to her home and she was in the 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 house with her nephew and she and everybody thought that like the cops thought that she was uh breaking into the house or like she didn't own a house it was something but like ultimately she got killed for no fucking reason right but it was like how do i have that conversation with my daughters where it was like all right so not only do you have to worry about being a woman it was like you know date rape drugs and it's like you know men being too aggressive and like if a man try to holler at you he get his feelings hurt and you want to like hey fuck you bitch and then he get like real aggressive with you and then it's Happens. like being pulled over by the cops being in your own home being you can't even be sleeping in your own house and <laughs> you gotta worry it's this it's a tough world and trying to explain that to your kids is like frightening yes frightening the, man just the thought of having to explain it is frightening yeah yeah like i I think when tatiana like the door was open like the neighbors were concerned or something like that and it's like they came in and just shoot first ask questions later right it's like you can't you can't you can't win man but you know sorry to depress y'all but that's but that's why (laughs) but that's why i sing it yeah you know that's why that's why i I make sure to, to to honor his name after we after we finish the last note every single time because it's that's how I remember, you know, to not be numb to it. Mm-hmm. I remember how I felt that day when I read that. I had to call out of work. I was like, I cannot believe they killed a child, mm. a boy. Twelve. Twelve. My daughter's, Come on. My daughter's about to be 10. So you're telling me in two years she could face that same fate just by playing innocently at a park. I guess it's, it's, it's unreal. What got me was hearing that 911 call. Because I'm like, you're not mm. even nearby. You're not even in danger. Mm. What are you doing right now? Mm. Who are you helping? Like, it's, 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 it's a scary time, man. You know, I've, I've had my brushes with the with the police and shit where I didn't think I was going to make it home. You know, times where I've, I've had my daughter in the car, my girlfriend at the time in the car, where it was like, some may go left where they feel like they're justified in doing that. 
So it was mm-hmm. like, and it's really about how they might feel in that moment. Yeah, and it's like we got to take into account that they're, that they are human and they can go through uh, a range of emotions that they like. I don't think you're allowed to have a bad day as a cop. Like you're, you're like you're just not allowed to mm, like to right. be upset, feel a type of way. Like you have to go into the field with a level, stable mind. You're not like you're not allowed to be at a call center and be like, you know, just I, I, I'm, I'm having a bad day. I'm, I'm hanging up on all these people. You can't be a cop with a gun. <laughs> you can't hang up on them. <laughs> like, like, I, like, yo, I used to work at a call center. If I having a bad day, like, yo, fuck you. I ain't helping out, helping you out with this shit. You know, refer you to like the manufacturer or whatever. I ain't got time for this shit. I've been hung up on by people calling in. Hey, yo, sometimes, yo, sometimes <laughs> it just don't be the day. <laughs> but I feel like as a cop with a gun, a taser, lethal weapons, you just can't have a bad day. It's like you not built for that. Like when you signed up, when you have these lethal weapons, you can't have a bad day. Like you can, you know, once you get off your shift, I know you deal with either like, you know, uh, sometimes you get calls about like fucking animals in your yard. Sometimes you might get called to like a triple homicide or some shit. Right. It's it's a it's the range in that shit is just like, yo, any day could just set you off. We'd be like, you know what? Today. I might have to shoot somebody. That unpredictability. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But you can. It's not for everybody. You cannot have those bad days. But like I said, sorry for depressing y'all. On a more lighthearted note. <laughs> so now, um, a lot of your your songs, are, a lot of songs that you do live are covers. Was that intentional? I'd usually only do it when we're booked to play an amount that my songs can't cover. Mm. I've never been the type to feel like I got to play covers to go out. When I do it, is I purposely pick songs by artists that the songs move me. Mm. You don't, you won't find a cover song in my set that's just filler, cause I'll literally, I'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, I'll lose my mind. Mm. I can't do it. I can't fake it anymore. And so, um, what I do is I invest my time in taking those songs that I love and making them my own. You know. Mm. Sometimes I might change them up completely. I'm inspired by people like Donny Hathaway. Mm. Anytime he do a cover song, mm. it sounds like an original Donny Hathaway. Donny fucking Hathaway. So he never play it like the record. So I, I I try to follow that school of thought and just put my own spin on it. Mm. Now, over the years, what is what is music to you? Like, is it just an expression to get emotions out? Is it just something that you just happen to be good at? Is it a hobby? Like, what is music to Velez? me mm. music is that method to peace for me mm. I, I like i feel like those vibrations that that communication especially one-on-one if i'm playing behind somebody and they're singing and they're singing their ass off and i'm playing and and we're putting our vibrations together to me it's it's, it's the most beautiful thing mm. I, I there's nothing like it Mm. Or or singing a song that I really mean. To to know that I could touch somebody's heart, it it hasn't happened often in my life, and maybe it's happened more than people have commented. This may have been two people. That bitch came from Montreal. Uh, <laughs> she didn't cry though. There was one time this woman, this girl, like we were both young, so I'll call her a girl, but right. we were both adults with this woman, young woman. Um, she came up to me and she she was still eyes wet from the tears, mm. and like I didn't even think that I sang it like that. But to think, looking back, that you could touch somebody like that. Mm. Maybe, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe that was just a straw to break the camel's back, and she needed that release. Yeah, right. But I'm still a, a catalyst in that and helping that in that release. Right. You know, now take your credit. 
So it's <laughs> it's it's a beautiful thing. And then I think about for me, there's times I go out and I have my top my top three for you know around here when when I hear them sing and they touch my heart. Mm-hmm. And it could be just what I needed, just playing either with them or listening to them sing. Mm. It touches me and it just it's you, I don't need any anything else. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else I need to numb it when, when there's music. Mm. And uh it's love to me. Mm. Mm. Now, do you have any influences in this era? Because you have a very old soul, like I said, where it's like, you know, the Motowns and the Stevie Wonders and, the, you know, Donnie Hathaways. Do you have anybody that in like this era that like inspires you to create mm. music or just like? On guitar, I do. Okay. On guitar, I listen to a, lot, a few living guitarists. Mm. There's this cat called uh, Marcus Machado. He okay. plays his ass off. Very soulful, very bluesy. Write that down. Uh, Kingfish, I love his his playing. Kingfish, I know what that is. There's this this uh woman who goes by the name. Oh, I mess it up. I think it's Sharice, but I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. I got her on Instagram. She plays the hell out that guitar. <laughs> oh, making that shit cry. Whoa, like. Sh- just make sure. I s- no, it's not Sharice. It's. Oh, what is her name? Maybe Shalice. Please let it be Shalice. Please, Shalice. Please be there. Uh, I'm going to have to find it. I'll, I'll get back to you. Right. But then there's this <laughs> other cat. He played on D'Angelo's record, um, mm. guitar, and um, on Voodoo, Charlie Hunter. Mm. I love his playing. He mm. plays bass and guitar at the same time. He makes custom ba- hybrid bass guitars. Maybe not he, but his oh, company. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And... Uh, it's crazy that's what got me inspired to try and do some of that on acoustic guitar playing bass and melodies at the same time like some of those records uh spanish joint Mm. the root and i think send it on that's the bass and guitar is the same person Mm. playing it at the same time wow so he's another living guitarist that i find inspiration from um i think singers the living singers that really uh touch me Mm. Like not, I said, when I when not I, too many living. Yeah, yeah. When I hear you, like I said, I I get that feel of like you know, it's a little bit of Prince, a little bit of Stevie, maybe like a dash of Donny Hathaway, where it was like you know, maybe it's it's there's a lot of jazz influence though. Ooh, you know who? Amy Winehouse. I will say, <sighs> Amy Winehouse. Gone too soon. Yes. Gone too soon, man. Yes. And, oh, fuck, man. It's the it's the lyrics. Yeah. Her stories are crazy. When you break them lyrics nuts, down, you're like, nigga. um, what? Yo, <laughs> her and Adele, man, when they get sad, they make the best fucking music ever. Talk about it. That's some, Maybe I need to have my heart really broke. Like, nah, you don't want that. Don't, nah, you don't want that struggle and strife, bro. Nigga, you gonna write a fucking, what's the 411 when that shit happened? You gonna, you gonna have a classic on your ass. Like, yo, but last, he done went through some shit. <laughs> Now, um, do you think you found your identity musically yet? Mm -hmm. I think I'm on to something. Okay. But there's, there's every now and then there's moments where I'm just so on myself. I, I, there's moments where I'm just like, you're not working hard enough digging at it to find it. You know, Mm. if, if it's going to be so profound that you wanted to touch people, it's not going to come easy. Mm. So if you're not, if the work you're putting in doesn't reflect something that you're really trying to dig up and unearth, then you're probably not, then I'm probably not close. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I, I think about it. So I know I'm onto something because I see the re- people's reactions mm-hmm. when I play for them. And, but 
it's just it's just that thing, you know what I'm saying? It's it's that Beatles thing. It's right. that Justin Bieber thing. It's that that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm digging for. Mm-hmm. And um what I realize is that the only way that comes is like you get those those sick obsessed types like uh you hear stories of like um Kobe, you know, like shoot having to shoot a certain amount of free throws perfectly yeah. before before he puts the ball down, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Five beats a day for three summers type energy. You're right. <laughs> I'm saying I'm before I think about before I get caught up on have I found myself, I'm thinking, am I even putting in the work to find myself? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm getting I'm on to something. Still searching, but you, you feel like you almost there, but you still got a little ways to go. I'm honing my process. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm honing the process. I like that. Now um Yeah, that's what the fuck I wanted to ask. So now, you being 28, went to school, music theory, composition, whatever the fuck, self-taught on a bunch of instruments. Do you feel like you needed school at the end of the day? Oh, my God. I think about this all the time. I'm like, yo, these <laughs> fucking loans. <laughs> yo, Sally make it eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you... <laughs> <laughs> like I feel because a lot of the musicians I know be it artists or composers producers whatever the case may be a lot of them are self-taught and what I hear most is that I wasted so much money mm-hmm. I wasted so much well I mean you you went to school you you built the connections you you know collab with who you needed to you know meet or whatever but at the end of the day I didn't really need to be at school and and, and like the most Successful musicians that we probably know didn't go to school. You're right. What I what I learned in school is that I I I did learn a lot. So in that sense, I feel it was worth it. Mm-hmm. However, seeing what I did learn, right? Had I known there was a way to get that a different way, I wouldn't have gone to school. Mm-hmm. Had I and for me. It's so crazy when I think that I spent all that money just to figure out how to get rid of my nerves. I'm like, I could have done that with anybody like, anywhere. Like, like yo, <laughs> I feel like that with this whole podcast. I've been doing this thing for five years as of this week. I've been doing this thing for five years. And a part of me, when I graduated high school, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I went to school for what I was good for. So I went to school for computers. So... And then I found this passion of, you know, audio engineering and, you know, being on the mic and, you know, podcasts. And now I feel like I'm more advanced than people that actually went to school and learned, like, the technical things of, like, audio. Whereas, like, I just did it in trial by error, trial by fire. Mm. It was like, I'm here now. Right. So it's, it's, y'all don't need school at the end of the day. YouTube it, look at other people, study them. You don't really need school. You need discipline, but you don't need school. Di- I mean, school can make you be disciplined. School, the lots on the line. But if you can make yourself be disciplined, you don't need it. I mean, but it's kind of hard to get that as a as a teenager. So right. When, so so when you tell a motherfucker straight out of high school, you have to go to college. You got to do something. It was like I don't have the discipline to do something. So school gives you that structure. But you know, if you have the wherewithal or the smarts to be like. No, I think I know what I want to do. I don't need to be in debt to do it, though. Right. I mean, because you learn all the instruments, writing, you know, life could have taught you just how to be a musician. I mean, it's kind of in you because, you know, both your parents got some type of musical background. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just in you. It's in my spirit. And now there's there's 
so many things that I think about. Now, a lot of things from school, there was things that I didn't even, wasn't even on my radar, like musicianship or Mm. ear training that wasn't even on my radar that I would have got a little bit of, but I got it in a focused way in school. So Mm. that was good for me. But I didn't see the benefit until many years later. Right. Where now, okay, now I I can learn a song in a few minutes. But that's only because I did these four semesters of bullshit ear training. Right. Felt like bullshit. Mm -hmm. Sounded like bullshit when I was doing it. Right. But it got ingrained in my brain. Right. So now I got the skills later. So it's Mm. a a lot of... It depends. I feel like if if you don't know what your passion... Music was always my passion. So Mm. I knew that... If I'm investing in this now, it may pay off later in some way, if not just for my own soul's benefit. Mm. But if you don't know what it is that you want to do, yeah, it could be just have that discipline. Just do what yeah. you want to do outside of it. Save that money. Yeah, Take that money you would spend on tuition and, and invest in just going for what you want to do. Right. That on fucking loans, you're going to be paying loans off until you like 40, 50, 60, maybe until you die. You might be paying off these goddamn loans. This is stressful. Nigga, what? (laughs) (laughs) Now, what are you looking to get out of music? I always just wanted to be able to... I never wanted to enrich myself from it, but I I do want to eat from Mm -hmm. my my work. Right. And honestly, I would be content with just that. Being being in a position where what I do with it, I eat from that. I feed my family with that. Because... By being by me doing that, I'm also fed on the inside. So it's it's like a double benefit. Mm. So if I could be fed in those two ways from it, then I'm content. But then there's also this other side of it that draws me to it. Like that that other part is the minimum. But on top of that, I would really just love to touch as many people as I could. That's what I want out of it, you know? Mm. To to play for hours and hours and hours and, and to to be able to express myself on on this without thinking. Mm. To be able to uh Whatever I imagine, I can sing it or make it or or write it or arrange it. Mm-hmm. Whatever I could hear. Um, to just literally be the best one, as Jimi Hendrix put it, to be the best guitarist in this chair. Mm. That's what I want. Mm. I like that. I think we're going to end on that. I like that. <laughs> so now you want to express yourself right now? You want to, you know? Yeah, let's play. play My fingers play. is itching. Play a song, man. What you, what, you, what you got for us, man? I mean, you can play as many songs as you want. I don't know how much time oh, you shoot. got personally, but you I know. got the time. I mean, G's here. G G got the studio. You know, we oh shit, we here. Yeah, we've been talking about a lot of songs, but not, but not um, playing too many. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got Velez. You gonna play us some live? Y'all getting some live right now? Argentina on the check-in. Shout out to Argentina. Out to Canada. begins to rise Suddenly the rays around you As my fingers swirl you smile Just your heart alone's a masterpiece In my soul's museum 
Now it seems she dreams of what's unsaid Is that why I couldn't find her in my bed? Though I try to paint you Recreate the same do Brought back eyesight to the blind The hues fell short And the paint dried out When you exited my life my, my, my. As I draw upon my memories, the colors fade with passing time. Suddenly, I'm living in a hazy nightmare of darks and lights, of blacks and whites. Before you gave me all your technical love I was paralyzed by fear Baptized in a pool of her pinks and blues I found strength in you but now you've disappeared And though I try to paint you Recreate the saint who brought back color to my life fell short and the paint dried out when you exited my life oh my mama sorry's not enough to right these wrongs save them for the next one who dares to love in color dares to play the fool who dares to love in color who dares to fall for you who dares to love in color who dares to love in color while you break their heart into and though i try to paint you recreate the saint who brought back eyesight to the blind the hues fell short Dried out when you exited my life. Don't share her drugs or her body no more All that's in the past life My mind says maybe I should leave her alone My body wants her all the time Well, I asked her how she do and she said free as a bird Baby, just name your prize well, She leaned a little Closer than she whispered in my ear Nothing in this world 
is free but Jesus Christ Candy, my favorite girl Tough luck trying to fuck her tonight Cherry chocolate swirl Can't get out of my mind Mind's tied down to a ghost of a girl Baby, won't you tell me your name? Sweet tooth aching, I would pay with my soul To swim inside your Novocaine Well, I got the extra money for a helping of your honey Baby, we could dance all night Sat on the edge of my eyes and said, Hush, little baby, eat this apple pie. <laughs> Candy, my favorite girl. Tough and luck trying to find her tonight. Cherry chocolate swirl. Can't get her out of my mind. Candy, my favorite girl. Of luck trying to find her tonight Trying to find her tonight Cherry chocolate swirl Can't get her out of my Can't get her out of my Can't get her out of my mind I got to, got to, got to, got to get inside Got to, got to, got to, got to get inside Um, broke a string. I'm gonna have to do the studio. Damn, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you got yo, if you got more. God damn, man. I just need Jesus, goddamn Christ, man. Uh-huh. I think every woman listening is pregnant, man. Goddamn. <laughs> oh man, keep playing, man. I'm a, I'm gonna take an intermission myself. I'm gonna use the bathroom. I mean, y- y'all got yeah. Velez here. I'm gonna keep rocking. But, I'm, but, I'm, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna got y'all. Domino Effect Podcast. Oh, we shoot. here, baby. Let me just make sure that this baby is in tune. What in the world was I thinking? 
God damn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> chat going crazy. <clears throat> the chat going crazy? Said he broke a string on them hoes. <laughs> and <laughs> said, I do it every gig. Said he was making love to that joint. <laughs> Usually the other one. I never really break the thick string. Hey, man. I break the thick ones I have to. I mean, hey. Double entendre, baby. This is the song that I was talking about before. My favorite lustful one. Oh, man. Let's hear what we got. Cream. 
Yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Dead ass Thursday. <laughs> I had to get it out of my system. Oh man, this is perfect, man. This guitar. Let me. I'm gonna wrangle it in shape. My birthday weekend, man. This is fucking awesome. I'm glad you're here for us. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Another one around the sun. Do y'all get to see the shit before it even hit the iTunes, the Google Play, the Stitches, all that? This is live. We on Twitch, we on YouTube. I'm gonna figure this Facebook shit out. We gonna get this shit done. But for right now, everybody in the Twitch chat, appreciate y'all. Salute y'all. Everybody on the YouTube chat, appreciate y'all. Salute y'all. But this is it's, it's Thursday, random Thursday. You know, back in the day, I watched these videos of Prince and Jimi Hendrix. They do a little, a little, a little fiddling, mm. and they write good to go. Yeah, <laughs> you good I'm to go. Like, what? Like, how the fuck do y'all do that? Oh, ear training on point. Yeah, G put the auto tune on, or the fucking he put something on that bitch. That shit, that shit sound beautiful. <laughs> this nigga G, man. Where else you gonna get this but the dojo, man? Where else you gonna get this besides G Studio? Where else you gonna get this beside Domino Effect Podcast? You're not. Subscribe on all your platforms, Spotify, iTunes. Give me a good rating review. I know you niggas enjoy what you're hearing right now. You got to. You had a free concert. I ain't paid this nigga. <laughs> he just here off the strength. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. I'm going to put his name in the chat right now. I need y'all to follow him on all social media platforms. So right now, he's on IG and Facebook at, at Call Me Velez. Follow him. This is the one, the first song I ever wrote for that, for that woman. For that woman. For that woman. Dirty bitch. <laughs> And you know she had the, or that, the unmitigated gall. Unmitigated gall. The audacity. Just popped back up in my life. Whoa. It was about maybe January she popped back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to reconnect. <laughs> the voice. <laughs> <laughs> the voice. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to reconnect. I want to get back in touch. I was thinking about you. Oh, my God. We had such good times. What happened? Go to send a good morning text one day. This person is unavailable on Messenger. I said, right. well, well, shit. shit. I ain't got your number, so bye. Whew, happens to the best of But us. I'll sing the song for you. <laughs> Let's go. This song is for you, dirty, dirty bitch. When Velez becomes somebody, don't come back around. You had your chance. You fucked it up. From the way I 
look at you These feelings don't stray They stay, they tell me to keep you in my heart Beats because of you Because of you Thoughts that are swirling in my head, tiny floating clouds of sentimental words I pen for you and for you. of you I see things in different ways Reflections of better days Flowers bloom in spring Butterflies spring forth from silk cocoons blaze in the month of June because of you is it obvious from the way I sing to you that I want you to be with me in my life until my whole life is through I won't be with anyone but you and that's the truth and that's the truth and that's the truth Y'all enjoying the free concerts y'all getting right now? Before y'all tuned in, y'all ain't know who this man was. Now you want to follow him. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. On a random Thursday. Slacking. Look at you. Look at the shit I bring you. Look at look 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 at this. Look at you. Look at this and look at you. Huh. How much more you got in you, man? Would you? My spirit got a few things in me. I mean, hey, yeah. Long week. Bam. We here. Do it. Do it to them. Do it for them. At Call Me Velez. Instagram, Facebook. We gonna get them a Snapchat. Maybe a Twitter. Who knows? Maybe a TikTok. Maybe a TikTok. What? I'm putting this on TikTok tonight. <laughs> Get your Jimmy on. Get your get your Stevie on. Well, Les is here. 
You take requests? Who knows? Yeah, it depends what they requesting though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all, y'all. Always white girls at the bar asking for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never get no <laughs> nah. fine ass queen to ask me to play some D'Angelo right into her ear. Yeah. Like, it never goes down like that. Yo, it's... people in the chat, y'all want to hear some D'Angelo? Which I want to hear? Y'all want to hear some Erica Badu? Which oh, I wish I want to hear some Jill Scott? Which I want to hear? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> which I want to hear? Like what? I mean, whatever Velez got got in his catalog and mm. his repertoire. I know every song. Listen. Whatever on Velez's spirit. Play me some pimping, man. I just want to play in tune. We got a couple. We got brown sugar. We got say yes. We got. Oh, my, my, my. I'm feeling fine. My money's gone. I'm all alone. I want to feel better. The world keeps turning. Oh, what a day. What a day. What a day. Chat started going crazy. <laughs> we got Otis Redden sitting on the dock of the bay. We got Love and Happiness Al Green. We got Between the Sheets Isley Brothers. We got you, Marvin Gaye. Everybody nasty tonight. <laughs> Everybody nasty. <laughs> oh, wow. I know a couple of those. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Um, I know this one.
Girl, it's only you Have it your way And if you want, you can decide That if you have me I could provide Everything that you decide Love to get that feeling Feeling that I feel Love when it comes inside of you I get so excited when I'm around you Be your man. How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it came to play with y'all motherfuckers tonight he ain't come to play with you nigga what yo my gr- yo baby you listening you better start picking out baby names alright <laughs> cause the way I'm feeling right now 
<laughs> shit. Fuck around. You gonna fuck around and fuck around. <laughs> shit. Oh, man. I, said, I call this one my Black Lust Anthem. And people who are really close to me know. I'm not going to say I'm prejudiced, but I'm very preferential. It's okay. To the black queens. It's okay. It's, so, nigga, what? The black woman? Black woman is gone. Listen. Listen. listen it I got, has to be stated. I got time. my Jack Daniels. I'll drink to that one. Yo, this stream right here is sponsored by Jack Daniels, Heineken, and Velez helping niggas make babies. See, look, listen. I mean, y'all tuning in tonight. Y'all ain't know y'all was getting all this. I didn't know I was getting all this. But, Nick, what? Baby, you want to, yo, if it's a boy, it's a junior, right? <laughs> Girl, pick out whatever name you want. But boy, off rip, that's me. DJ, Domino Junior. We in here. Velez and this bitch. Everybody on the YouTube and uh, Twitch stream, invited to the baby shower. I'm shooting clubs up tonight. It's a rap. It's a rap for your womb. Womb raider. Not the womb raider. Womb raider. <laughs> she don't know what's coming. Maybe she do. Who knows?
still Fucking whiskey on the flow. I don't I know what to put the guitar down after that. I don't know what to do no more, man. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But y'all just got something that you ain't gotta wait for. If you tuned into the motherfucking live, you was here for something special. Like I said, before I, I gotta yo, I gotta thank G for everything that this podcast is and will be. I cannot do this shit without G. 90% of this shit is G. I provide 9%. He's cooling, he cooling you out. Cooling okay, you nah, out right now. nah. G is... That's G. Give it up for G, man. G, G providing the space for me to do all this. Thank you. The chat says, I need a cigarette. I don't even smoke cigarettes. <laughs> God damn, this nigga got fucking guitar singing. It's a couple chicks pregnant in the chat. We don't know what to do right now. They need a stepfather? They did. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they might, man. Velez, Velez out here from Montreal. I'm about to play guitar now. Come on. From Montreal to Norwalk, man. He here. <laughs> down, down the Mississippi line. He's here. Yo. Oh, man. Velez making guitars cry, making making violas cry, making women cry, making men cry. It's okay, man. Feel your feels. Feel. Get into them. Feel your feels. <laughs> All right? I said so. It's my birthday with you. You got to do what I say. Come on with it. Right. Oh, then it's only fitting that we got to we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do just this one for, the one, for the one time. One time for the one time? Just one time for the one time. Oh, come on. One time for the one time. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Me? Happy birthday to you. Me? Happy birthday 
Bless me. Me guys. Happy man <laughs> i appreciate you brother appreciate you too man i love you brother this is great <laughs> I, I i got a new appreciation for you brother wherever you wherever you're gonna be i'm gonna be there i'm not bringing my girl but i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm be there <laughs> okay because i don't trust you <laughs> right <laughs> now where can people find you on the socials on the webs, live in concert once COVID is over. Where can they just find? Where where can they see Velez? Hear Velez? Just just Velez. So good. where where can they Velez? Best place to go is the Instagram. Um, there is content coming. I'm working on two singles right now, and mm. um, and just when I do it, I want to do it right. So it it's it's a process, but you can find it when it when it happens on Instagram, Facebook. At call me Velez V E L E Z. You can go to my website, velezunveiled.com. <clears throat> On there, um, you could pre-order a uh copy of the show that I did um here at G Studios. Where uh that still has to be finished up as well, but you could um place a pre-order for that on the website. Um and coming soon is gonna be songs, content, live content. Um, mm. Either through my YouTube or through an OnlyFans, um, and it'll be the same tag mm. at Call Me Velas. That's where you can find me. And um, there's nothing that I have going on live right now, but soon it will be. You know, the world is gonna open up again in time. But like I said, for right now, I'm just in the woodshed practicing my skills so that when I do emerge and when you can come to see me, mm. you'll see me at better than I have ever been in my life. Mm. God willing. So that's. That's the plan right now. If it get better than this, y'all better watch the fuck out. <laughs> Remember the name Velez, yo. You see this shit? You got this shit live and in person for the first time. You didn't even know him before this. Now y'all niggas follow him. Look at that. Look at that. Look Look at God. Look at God. That's God right there. Look at You see him. Look at him. Peace. <laughs> now, let's, yo, can you can you play me some pimping while I, while I do my outro? Hell yeah. Play, play, me, play me some shit while I, while I outro the show, man. So, you know, that's the end of the show. That's the end of my birthday stream. You know, thank you for everybody that tuned in this week. Had three amazing guests. I guess Velez kind of blew them out the water with this last one. But, you know, hope you guys subscribe. You know, leave me a good rating on iTunes and uh, Spotify. You know, we'll be back with more. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, I guess live stream all of my podcasts when it comes to the domino effect. You know, a lot of y'all are here because of three ninjas. 
but you know we we gonna we gonna tape it but you know we're not gonna live stream it like this because you know that's exclusive content but if we domino effect kind of get back in the, in the the swing of things you know getting back to me you know like i said five years i've been podcasting for five years as of this week and you know beautiful experience you know Velez got me feeling some type of way. Hopefully next year I got a I got an idea in the works. You know, we could we could do something for like the six year anniversary of this podcast and me just, you know, going on this media journey, you know, with or without people, you know. If if you've been here from jump, you know the the journey that I've been on where when it when it comes to co-hosts, when it comes to I guess people having that passion, people sticking with me, people having that same ideas I do, so Hope you guys that are here from Three Ninjas that y'all, you know, fuck with me on this singular platform. But um Yeah, man, I my 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 heart is filled with joy, you know. It might be the liquor, it might just be Velez on the guitar. For me, you it's know. both. <laughs> so, you know, I got I I can't I can't get out of here without saying, you know, thank you. I love you to my brother G. Always holding me down. Providing the vibes, providing the space, just providing everything that I need to bring y'all this. The, the, the Velez, the, the God. King Velez, he's here. What's a king to a God? God Velez, he's here. But, you know, I got, nigga, you about to, don't we, don't we seductive? Have me start spitting. Don't let something know. Let don't know. don't don't do that, Velez. My girl watching. She <laughs> talk to her. Nah, I can't, baby. Let me talk to you real quick. <laughs> oh man, baby, I'm drunk. When the last time you sat on a snow covered hill? Hmm. Better than cherry wine, red in a two dollar bill. I love you. Maybe not love. I love when you're around. You know, you make the grass greener, sky seems bluer, water seems wetter. Baby, you make me better. Mm. I mean, what you doing for like, you know, the rest of your life? Can I be your struggling strike? All right, I'm drunk. See, you got, you got, you got me, you got me out here. <laughs> you got me out here. Take a take oh, a sip of whiskey. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Mm. So, on that note, one thing's for certain: we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's Velez on every instrument you could fucking think of. Shout out to G Studio. Shout out to the Dojo. And uh, we out of here. Peace. Domino, motherfucker, what's that? C'est tout ce qu'on a